Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to fellowship you and fellowship with one another, Father. We pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So two ladies were bragging back and forth about their kids, and the one told the other one, my kid, my son, he's perfect. The lady said, well, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, does he, does he say any bad words? She said, he does not. So does he drink? He said, he does not. Does he run around and act crazy? He does not. Does he smoke? He does not. And she said, well, maybe he is. Maybe he's perfect. How old is he? She said, he'll be six months old next Wednesday. <clears throat> that was the best I had. Steven's joke was terrible. <clears throat> um, so, so we talked about, in the last couple of weeks, right, we talked about our covenant, and then we talked about faith last week, and, and so we're just going to go just one little step further, and we're going to talk about our mindset today, because we do a lot of things out of tradition or habit, or we do a lot of things because that's how we're supposed to do it, right? And that's that old joke Granada used to tell about the, the lady with the ham, Y'all remember that joke? And then the lady had the ham, and the first thing they did was cut the bottom of the ham off. And the husband said, well, why do we do that? And she said, well, I don't know. My mama always did that. So they called the mom and said, why did we do that? And she said, well, I don't know. That's what my mama always did. So they called the grandmama and said, why did we cut this much of the ham off? And she was like, well, I'm just trying to make it fit in my roaster. I don't know why y'all cut it off. <laughs> right? But we get into a, a, a mindset of that's how it's supposed to be, or that's how it's supposed to work, or that this is who I'm supposed to be, and it's a broken system. And so a lot of times we get into, um, as Grandad used to say, playing church, to where we just show up and do what we're supposed to do because that's what we think, that's what we're supposed to do. But our mindset, right, the Bible says that we should have the mindset of Christ. So when we act in faith, right, we should be acting out of the abundance of our heart with God's word and knowing that we're going to live according to God's word. And a lot of times we don't, we look like we're acting in faith, but what we're actually doing is just um, going through the motions, as they say. And so we're going to talk today about our mindset and what the Bible says about our mindset and maybe a little bit about renewing our mind. But, but it's really, it's the paradox that's in James, right? James says that, that faith without works is dead. And so a lot of folks focus on works because they think if I have lots of works, then obviously I have lots of faith, right? And then you hear people talk about how, well, you know, I read my Bible for two hours, or I did this, or I did that, or I helped at the soup kitchen, or I worked at the orphanage. But why? Because if you did it for the wrong reasons, even though you did the right thing, it still is not beneficial to you. And that's a hard pill to swallow, right? Because sometimes you feel obligated to do stuff, or you feel like you have to do it, or people are going to think bad about you. See, that's poor motivation. What we should be doing is doing things to please God, and our actions should show everybody who we are. Not, we are worried about what everybody thinks about us, so we're going to act a certain way where they'll think good about me. All right? And I know this is, this is like new oil and an old, oil, a new wine skin and 
new wine in an old wineskin. But just bear with me for a second, because I really, really think, because I've heard some folks recently preaching about works and preaching about, uh, about how you have to show up and do, and if you're not doing, then you're not us, right? And, and, and that's really not the truth. If we have the mindset of Christ and we show up and we do, it's because we're doing it to please God, not because we're doing it to please people. So if you would, turn with me to uh, little John. First um, John, we had, a, we had a long road trip yesterday, played some um, trivia, and they were asking how many of the books of the Bible was named John. I got that one right. <clears throat> not that y'all wouldn't have, I just talking trash to my kids. Um, first John chapter two, and, and, and we're going to start with verse three, and we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands and whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know that we are in him for whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Right? So we have to, if you go to the King James or, or a couple of other translations, it talks about having the mindset of Christ, right? That when we live as Christ, that we have the mindset of Christ. So Jesus went about doing good and preaching the gospel and healing all of the sick. But why? Because there are a lot of times, though, where he healed somebody and said, don't tell anybody. Just, just go on and do what you were doing that nobody needs to know, right, at the wedding, Mama, why did you make me turn this water into wine? My time hasn't come. He was not looking for his glory. He was not going, oh, look at me. I am the great son of God, and I'm going to come here and do this, that, and the other. He came <coughs> strictly to live the way God told him to. And he was more concerned over God having the glory and the honor in everything that he did than anything else. <coughs> Right? He says, I don't say anything that God doesn't want, but my father doesn't want me to say, and I don't do anything that my father don't want me to do, right? I mean, that's how he showed up. Now, what a bold statement that would be. Man, you'd be a liar. We'd have to pray for you after church. But if you could say, I only do what God wants me to do, and I only say what God wants me to say, I would be real quiet. That's what I would be. I would be really, really quiet. Because it would be a difficult, it's difficult, it's difficult to, to live in the world that we're in and only do what God wants you to do and only say what God wants you to say. But I want you to think about it this way. Think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. All of these people basically had committed their life to following the traditions of their religion, right? That's what their goal was. Their goal was to be the cleanest, best show up on time, go through the rituals, wash my hands, tithe accordingly, right? They were doing all of the right things for all of the wrong reasons, right? They were trying to earn their way into God's favor. Instead of seeking his grace and mercy, they were trying to live by a set of rules that had exploded over time and, and then became thousands of rules that they were they were much more worried about how they looked and how they dressed and where they walked and where they ate and what they did than the creator of the universe. And I know Christians like that, right, who are worried about how they look and who they are talking to. And, you know, well, I go to so-and-so church because it's the most affluent. I mean, nobody in here. I mean, y'all, none of y'all are bragging to anybody. Y'all come to this church. But there are people that do, well, you know, I go to the, you know, 
the best church and everyone wears a suit and tie and that's we just better than you right but but the mindset has to be christ-centered first or it's in vain the sadducees and pharisees Nobody knew the law better than them other than Jesus. They, they read the scrolls. They did the stuff. They wore the robes. They did all of the right things for all of the wrong reasons. And, it, and it's, you know, it's pride. It's lots of things. But mostly what it is is that the mindset is broken. Because it turns into me instead of him. Because I can tell you. Without Jesus, mm, man, I ain't nothing. I ain't nothing, nothing. And when we get to the place to where we get haughty or mindful or proud or boastful of all the great things that I have done, you're in a really good place to be in doing the right things for the wrong reasons. All right, let's go to <clears throat> Ephesians. Now, 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 some of this is just groundwork to understand <clears throat> what it says. But uh, uh, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5 <clears throat> and verse 1. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved <clears throat> us and gave up himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And then in verse 8 says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light. Live as the children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of goodness and righteousness and truth. So when it says that we are to live as children of the light, that is focused on Jesus first, right? It's a Jesus first mentality. Because if you try to play church and 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 just do all the other things, right? Well, I give money to the poor, and I do this, and I do that. It's very shallow, right? It does not carry any weight. But when we really focus on following Jesus first, then everything that we do is blessed, right? And then we do have the opportunity to help people. Look, look, time out. I'm not saying we shouldn't be helping less fortunate. I'm not saying we shouldn't be giving. I'm not saying we shouldn't be serving. I'm not saying we shouldn't be going and talking to people about Jesus. Absolutely, 100%. But it's got to be for the right reasons with the right mindset, or it's absolutely a waste of time and effort. If you think about it, think about when they were given the offering, the offerings, right? And all of the rich guys and the Sadducees and Pharisees were throwing obscene amounts of money in. And there's a lady that gave the widow's portion, right? The, about two pennies somewhere. And Jesus said, that's the best gift in the whole deal right there. And you go, wait a minute. That's not the best gift. I mean, I can tell you if, if I offered you um, what's in this pocket versus what's in this pocket, Everybody wants this one, right? But she gave because of the right reason. It was not the amount of money that she gave. She gave with a loving heart, and she gave for the right reason. And so the work that she did, because it was in the right reason, was recognized and rewarded. And those people who were trying to be braggarts or haughty or high-minded, who just threw in whatever, it was wiped away. I mean, they're standing in front of the Savior, 
And this lady gives a couple little coins, and these people are throwing in obscene amount of money, but because of their mindset and because of where their heart was, hers was greater than theirs. So I don't care what you're doing in your works. If your mindset's not right, look, you could be running seven days a week, 18 hours a day, going and doing and preaching the gospel and whatever else. And if your mindset is broken, if it's not a Christ-first mindset, if we're not living to live in his example with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, if we're not showing the fruit of the Spirit, it's all for nothing. Because our mindset sets who we are. It's that old thing, right? And if you're looking for a yellow car, all you can find is yellow cars, right? Y'all ever heard that little joke about it is what you're looking for? If you're looking for opportunities to be, to show off your abilities or show off what you've done, you'll find lots of those. But if you're looking for opportunities to be humble and kind and loving and to be Christ-like, <coughs> that's a much better position to be in. And God looks at it a completely different way. I mean, <clears throat> you think God cares about your money? He paves the street with gold bricks. This is not, money. your money does not match up. It's your heart that matches up. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, was David wealthy? Yes, at some point in time, but he started off as a poor little sheep herder out there in the middle of nowhere throwing rocks and sticks at stuff. But his heart lined up with God's heart. His mindset lined up with God's mindset. Because when he was faced with an enemy, <coughs> he said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? My God is the creator of the universe, and that guy's an uncircumcised Philistine. He is nothing. But in the natural realm, if you look at only the works, the, you know, if they'd had a weightlifting contest or a strength deal, I mean, Goliath wins 100 out of 100, right? See, that's where we're at. Do you want to be the person who looks like the victor, right? Who looks like they're doing well, who looks like they're giving right, who looks like they're living right, <clears throat> and not be Christ-minded? Or do you want to be the humble servant who shows up and does exactly what God wants them to do and God rewards? Now, I know that's a tough thing, right? Because you're like, yeah, but I, I understand, but I still have to show up and do. I get it. <clears throat> I don't want you to not show up and do. That's not it. Think about how powerful you are when you show up and do everything that you're able to do with a Christ-centered mindset. If that lady would have given her money and it had been lots of money with a Christ-centered mindset, it would have been even more impressive. Right? It's not that she didn't. She did what she was supposed to do, but it was her mindset that changed it. <clears throat> the lady with the issue of blood, right? She walks up and says, if I can just touch her, her mindset is if I can just touch his cloak, if I can just get, if I can just touch him, I know that he's going to heal me. All of the people standing around him are touching him and fawning over him and walking around him, except for when she touched him, she touched him with the mindset that she knew that that was the power of God in human form. And what happened? Jesus said, who touched me? And they said, what do you mean, who touched you? Everybody is touching you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me different. Somebody treated me different. They understood for just a second in the mindset of who Christ really was. 
So as we develop and mature in Christ, we have to weigh our actions. Do I do that because it's required of me? Or do I do that because that's what God wants me to do? And that's a tough, it's a tough situation to have, right? And it's some inside turmoil with you, right? And nobody knows your intentions or your mindset or your heart. I can't tell you that, well, William did that because he was looking for praise and honor. I can't say that, but you can. You can have an introspective talk with yourself and go, Am I doing this for the right reasons or am I doing this because I want to fit in or because it benefits me sometime down the road or because that's what my mama did or because we just cut the ham off where it fits in the pan and I don't know why you cut it off. And, I know, and look, this is a hard thing, right? Because you're like, well, wait a minute. I showed up for church today. I, I got dressed. I did what I'm supposed to do. Why are you fussing at me? I'm not. How bad would it be that if you did all of these things and then one little slight adjustment could have changed everything. Because I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing for the body of Christ. You should. We're the hands and feet of Christ. That's our job. But it's in the right mindset. <clears throat> Joyce Meyer one time used a very good example. She had a flashlight. She actually had it on stage. I thought about bringing it in and I was like, eh, I don't want to be that, what Riley called me, a tryhard. But anyway, she had a flashlight and the flashlight wouldn't work. And, and the flashlight wouldn't work, and she messed with it, and the flashlight wouldn't work, and it had batteries in it, and the flashlight wouldn't work, and she unscrewed it, and she figured out one of the batteries was in backwards. <clears throat> so she took the battery out, flipped it over, put it back in. Flashlight worked great. Was everything that was needed for the flashlight to work present? Yes. What, it just took one small adjustment, just taking the battery out, turning it over, and putting it back in. It went from being useless to shining its light. One little tiny adjustment, and it went from being useless to being a bright, shining light. Now, if you can look at that on your level and say, I'm not saying you're useless. I'm not saying I'm useless. I'm just saying less than adequate, bright, shining light. One little tiny adjustment. Are we doing what God said to do because we want to be who God wants us to be? Are we doing what, <clears throat> are we pretending to play church because, man, it looks real good. And then I could tell people, well, I've been to church or my Bible app streak is or, I mean, you know. <clears throat> I mean, and I, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's hard for me personally. It's hard for me, as competitive as I am, to not worry about my Bible streak because of how long my Bible streak is, right? I mean, it is hard for me. It's prideful. To what I and, I, and a lot of times I won't even say it, right? I don't want people to know what my Bible streak is because I want to read my Bible for the right reasons, not just because that stupid little app gives me another day in my street and tells me how many perfect weeks I have. See, that's the difference. If you're only reading your Bible to where you can continue your streak, then you're missing the point. And this is, very, this is very simple, but this is who we are. If you're only showing up to church because you're worried about somebody talking bad about you, you are missing the point. Now, does that mean I don't want you to come to church? Oh, heck no, I want you to come to church and bring your brothers, cousins, friends, aunts, uncles, everybody, your neighbor, your neighbor's neighbor, the postman, the lady that works at the grocery store, everybody. 
I want the seats to be full, but I want them to be full with people that are here to fellowship with God and to hear God's word and understand who we're supposed to be in Christ. Not just to show up to say, well, I went to church 19 Sundays in a row. That's good. Fantastic. Me too. But did you get anything out of it? Did you develop and mature? Did God lead you to be further down the road than who you're supposed to be? Because, see, that's the problem. And the problem is, the other issue is, if we act in our flesh, our spirit man does not develop. Turn with me. Romans <clears throat> I skipped one. It's okay, I'll come back and get it maybe. Romans 8 5. For those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. If you look at this in a worldly view, well, I don't know why you're mad at me. I show up most every Sunday. I put my money in the offering plate. I mean, I'm nice to you. I smile at you when you walk in the door. I put up with your silly jokes. I even laugh at you. I, I don't, it's not about that. This is about growing and developing spiritually. And the more we focus on what our spiritual man looks like, but see, let me tell you, and it's going to sound bad, but some of us is round and out of shape, and our spiritual man looks like he should be in a bodybuilding contest. And some of us are physically, man, we are in the best shape, and our spiritual man is over here in the corner. Oh, if I could just have a little food. Because if you don't feed him, he can't grow. And our mindset has to be focused on who we are in Christ, not this fleshy suit. But who is my spirit man? And what does he look like? And why am I, what am I doing to benefit him? Because you can live to be 120 years old and be in the best shape ever and not be saved, and you're still going to hell. Or you can be 150 pounds overweight and die of a heart attack next week and have Jesus in your heart, and you're going to heaven. Our physical appearance means very little. Our spiritual appearance with the mindset of Christ, means everything. The problem is, like I said a minute ago, is I can't see what your spiritual man looks like. I can't tell if it's a poor, pitiful little something that can't hardly move or if it's robust. I can't tell if you have the mindset of Christ that you're doing stuff because you want to please God and because that's what the Bible says and we do right because it's right even when people aren't looking and we help people even when people aren't looking. Or... Are you like those folks that want to stand on the street corner and pray because everybody thinks you're really cool? And like I said, I can't, I can't see your inside. God can't. You can't. I cannot. I cannot. But my goal is for us to understand that the person who we are on the inside is way more important than the person we are on the outside. Our spiritual person and our mindset, and when we renew our mind and put God's word in there, <clears throat> and we do right because it's right, not because somebody's watching, not because something's going on, or, well, I got to go to church because it's Mother's Day, or, 
You know, Easter, I was at church on Easter. I mean, we were dressed in new clothes and everything. I don't know what your problem is. If your mindset is not set on being a better Christian to where we can be a brighter light to the world, we're missing the point. And that faith and works and works and faith, you can be the top tither, and if your heart ain't doing it for the right reasons, you're wasting your money. You can be the top volunteer, and if you're hardened in the right place, you're wasting your time. You can go and help people wherever you want to, but if you don't do it for the right reasons, you're you going to look good, but you're not reaping the benefit. And like I said, it is a <clears throat> if you're showing up, if you're tithing, if you're going and doing, <clears throat> you're just like that flashlight. You have all of the pieces that you need. You just need a small adjustment. And that adjustment a lot of times is take the focus off of me and put it on Jesus. Because when we take the focus off of me and we start to do things because that's how Jesus would do it, or we start to talk to people or, or, or we minister to people or we witness to people because that's what Jesus would have done, it changes the game. Knowing how many books named John in the New Testament does me no good. Or even how many he wrote in the New Testament knows good, does me no good. Knowing that Jesus is the reason I'm going to heaven and that he paid my penalty. And that I've been sent here to be his brother and, and, and have been adopted into his family. And I'm supposed to be the light of the world. That, that's what does me good. Having the opportunity to share that for the right reasons. Not to show somebody, well you're not very smart, let me tell you about the New No. Jesus didn't go around telling people they were wrong. Jesus went around telling them the good news. He preached the gospel. He told them that God loved them. And the grace and the mercy of his ministry. If we are going about doing the right things and we have the wrong mindset, it's an easy fix. But you're the only person that can fix it. In fact, you're the only person that knows that it's a problem. So Romans 12. Y'all knew we were going there at some point in time, right? Had to have. Had to. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Because the spirit man understands. The more we read and meditate and worship, the more our spiritual man gains strength and gains understanding and gains wisdom. And the more wisdom and understanding that our spirit man has, the better we are as a light to the world. The better we, job we do is showing people what Jesus looked like. I heard a lady speak one time that said, renewing your mind is like showering. And if you skip it for long enough, everything about you stinks. But it's for the right reason. When, when you renew your mind, is, it, it, is there any benefit for anybody else in renewing your mind? Can anybody tell whether or not you've been renewing your mind and reading your Bible and worshiping God? Nobody can tell. Not unless you go sit at the coffee shop and pray out loud or read your Bible in public. But, but, when, but what you do at your house, when you... First thing in the morning, last thing at night, whatever, whenever. Lunchtime, whatever time you do it. 
When you renew your mind and read God's word and start to develop that spirit man, nobody can tell. Except for the more you do it, the more it grows, the more it starts to produce fruit. And that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control starts to come out of you. I can tell whether or not I have been doing a good enough job of how I act. Not because my works are important, because sometimes my spirit man has a hard time keeping up with my flesh. Last night, we were in a very hostile environment. It was a very hostile environment at a ball game, and it got chippy. We left early, and they were like, why are we leaving early? I said, well, because Daddy used to say in the, in the pastor's appreciation that they never had to bail Granddaddy out of jail to come preach on Sunday morning, and I want to keep that legacy for as long as possible. But I had my three girls and along with one of their friends in a very hostile environment, and if somebody were to do something or be mean to them, I'm not sure how I would react. I mean, I would hope I would react with the love of Christ and walk them out. And, but, I'm, I mean, it would be tough. It would be a difficult situation. But the more we focus on us, the more we focus on renewing our mind, the more we focus on our mindset on why we're doing things and not what we're doing, the closer we start acting like Jesus, the more we start, and you're not going to reach it, right? You're not perfect. I mean, like the lady in the joke, right? My kid's six months old. He don't drink and smoke and cuss. That's about the end of it. But the more we develop that Christ-like mentality and mindset inside of us, the more benefit we are to our church family, our family family, our work family, our community, the more we look more like Jesus. That's what's important. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, keep doing it, but fix the reasons. Fix the mindset. It's an easy fix. Jesus first, and then our actions are because of him, not because look at me. It's not a look at me. It's a, I want to be like him. I want to be a representative of him. I want to be an ambassador of him. And I want you to, too. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this word. Father, we pray it will go forth and that it will not return void. Father, we pray that you will help us understand our motives, Father, and help us fix our mindset and our heart that it focuses on you and you only. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.